you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison. On American Family Radio, live in Virginia Beach, Virginia, at the Homeschooling with Confidence Conference, where this is the first time that I've ever been a part of a virtual conference that has been interactive like this. All of yeah, these participants, cool. we can see their faces. <laughs> I don't know if there's a word for what you guys have done with, I guess this is Zoom, but you've taken Zoom to another level. What's after Z? Nah, this is another level. Does it, <laughs> yeah. I don't think there is a, yeah. I think this is where we just have to keep it. It's Zoom to the max. Um, <laughs> and we're excited about what we're doing. We believe that the Lord has called us to homeschool our kids. And one of the big things that we're constantly talking about is no matter how you choose to educate your kid, um, the responsibility that we have to culture-proof our kids, to make our kids impervious to this culture that is in open rebellion against God. Mm. Now, joining us now to talk about culture proofing, so to speak, is Dr. Kathy Cook. And Dr. Kathy, I want you to introduce yourself to our listening audience. Now, in the homeschooling community, you are well known, um, rock star status, okay? <laughs> yes. But what we would like to do is to introduce you to the larger community, the larger Christian community, um, that maybe they have not made the decision to homeschool, um, but you have information and research that is valuable to the body of Christ at large. I really appreciate that, and what a joy to be with you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Of course, being at the convention has been amazing. Being with you now is so special. So, right, Dr. Kathy Cook, my ministry is called Celebrate Kids. We're based in Fort Worth, Texas. I also have staff in Kansas and Florida, and I've been doing this for about 30 years, speaking at homeschool conventions for about 10 or 11. I'd have to really go back and look and see. But it's been uh, exciting to do everything we do. We do a lot of pro-life work. We work in churches, we do parent conferences, women's conferences, love to work with kids directly. I love to do family programs where you sit with your children to find out the things that are true. There's a lot of elbow jabbing where, dad, she's talking about you, and then <laughs> you nudge your daughter, now she's talking yeah. about you. Because it's so powerful for the family to be on the same page Amen. and believing the same things and understanding things. So we're privileged people that mm -hmm. anybody would listen to us is so cool. You know, I think that, um, and I know that for our attendees, they've already already heard your presentation on the A Great Smarts, mm -hmm. but this is one of those things that is so eye-opening when you start to venture into understanding how kids learn. And I think it's instructive for parents, no matter how you're schooling your kids, mm -hmm. how your kids are being taught, it's important to understand how our kids learn. And I think that this would be one of those insights that kind of put you on the map, that really, I think, opened up a lot of people's world to understanding that there are different ways that children learn and that we shouldn't really kind of keep them in a box. Can we talk a little bit about that? We'll talk about whatever you want. It's okay. your show. So <laughs> you're, you're in charge. The show is good if you ask the right questions. So There's sure. no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> right. Yes, we have eight smarts. The researcher is Dr. Howard Gardner, a gentleman at Harvard University, who was really intrigued by why people behave differently and found out that we have one brain divided into eight parts. There's a bunch of research that proves it. My passion is to take it to the Christian community and say, let's be smart with our smarts. 
we believe at Celebrate Kids that evil comes out of the strengths we have, not the weaknesses. Mm. So as somebody who's, we're, we're all word smart or we wouldn't be on the radio today. So those of us who are word smart, we can gossip, tease, name call, argue, complain, or edify, build up, tell the truth, encourage, and affirm. Those are choices we make based on the heart we have and whether or not we raise our children to have a character that would be Christ-like. Okay, wow. let's take that example there for a second and stay there, Dr. Kathy. So a parent is listening and they go, word smart. Um, I've got a sassy kid. Is that what you're referring to? I've got a kid that I have to say, hold on a second. Um, you know, we didn't grow up together. Help us understand what word smart looks like. Right, great question. Word smart people think with words. When they get excited, they talk. They tend to be what I call school smart. Reading, writing, speaking, and listening are not challenging for them for the most part. They probably have a larger vocabulary. They may be fluent in more than one language. It also has to do with an interest in words. So if you have a child who loves the thesaurus, like when I was a child, the thesaurus was my favorite book. <laughs> and people are like, oh, get a life. No, I had a great <laughs> life. I was fascinated by words even as a young child. And now guess what? I've written books using a thesaurus to do so. So words smart people think with words when they're excited, they probably talk. It's only one of the eight. I talk about it first because it's one that's easy for people to wrap their mind around. When we look at how kids are often um, characterized or how they're often defined in a traditional school setting, I think that there is a way that smart is defined yes. historically. Can you define the historical way that we've defined smartness? And then let's talk about how we move beyond that as parents. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. The traditional intelligence testing relies a lot on short-term memory and memory of things like how many inches are in a, in a, in a, in a foot. Mm -hmm. Well, you can, if you will, Google that. That's, that's nonsense to think that it makes you smart if you have a fact in your head. Wisdom is what makes you wise, and that's a whole other speech. But uh, the traditional school, if you will, the brick and mortar system, is very word and logic. Logic smart children think with questions. They tend to gravitate toward math and science, which are great skills. All of us in the homeschool community know that. We want kids to be logic smart. We, we are the ones who value faithfulness. We, we value logic. We want cause-effect relationships. We enjoy math and science. But the system over there, word and logic, turn the page, turn the page, turn the page. Come on, hurry. There's a test on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Here's another book. And it's information, mm. not anything deeper. One of the advantages of homeschooling is applying wisdom, right? You have more time as a homeschool family to apply the truth. You're the teachers. You know that you taught your, your children about compound words. Mm -hmm. Now when you're at the grocery store and you see the word cupcake over at the bakery, you say, hey, Jonathan, which word over there is a compound word? And they get to apply information, which is so powerful. And that, because if kids don't apply it, why do you know it? Mm -hmm. You learn what you learn to become who you are and to do something with what you know, right? So the system across the road, word and logic, those kids can be affirmed. Those kids will rock it to the top, if you will. And other kids, kids who are picture smart, who think with their eyes, kids who are music smart and think with rhythms, kids who are body smart and move well and can kick a soccer ball through the goal with both feet, they're not called smart, they're called athletic or artistic <laughs> or talented. Mm. But I love to tell kids, you know, the reason that you can do that is because you're smart in a certain way. Yeah. And then they cry with me, Will. Mm. And they say, wait, my, my brother's the smart one. Wait, wait, are you telling me because I move well I'm smart? Because we, we believe smart is a power word. Yeah. yeah. Everybody wants to believe they're smart. And here's another thing, and then I'm gonna be quiet. I'm rambling way beyond no, the question. No, this is good. excellent. Oh, I hope so. You know what, I used to think that if you weren't smart, you would study. No, no, no. If you're not smart, if you think you're not smart, everyone's smart. 
if you think you're not smart, why would you study? It's not going to help me. Mm. So when you teach children, don't tell them, but when you teach them that they're smart in eight ways and something is challenging for them, they have eight different ways to approach it. Whether it be a Bible truth you want them to get, a memory verse, a, a understanding fasting, or two plus two equals four and not five. When you have more than one smart to apply to that, you're encouraged. You mm -hmm. have compassion yeah. for yourself. You have a way to achieve it. And everything changes. And it also helps you to have a, a, a better outlook on your children. Yes. You know, not thinking that they have to be the same way, you know, or learn right. the same way that all children are smart. Yeah. It's just the way that they learn may be a little different. I wonder how parents can pick up on this and draw this smartness out of their kids. Like, how do we, because let's just be honest, as a parent, if we are trying to get a fact to our kid, Let's take, um, I don't know, off the top of my head, math. <laughs> and let's take this behemoth, right? That for some parents, they're like, if my kid cannot grasp math, let's say that they're not logic smart. I think you'd put math in that category, yes. correct? Okay, so let's say I have a kid that's not logic smart and we're getting to these multiple steps in mathematics and they're just getting lost and they're saying, it's all running together, I don't, I don't see it parents begin to feel like they're failing because maybe you have a parent who's sitting down trying to do homework and they're logic smart. And so they see it mm. and they're looking at the kid and they're going, how can you not? The, the, the numbers beg for this next step. How do parents... Impact you when you are pressured. What comes out of your mouth? What happens when somebody cuts you off in traffic? What comes out? It's okay. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. We just had, we had, this is live radio. We just had something play in our headphones. Yeah. Um, we but, probably dropped out. But watch Dr. Kathy on the fly. Keep going. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yes. Okay. That was scary. Um, live. <laughs> People were live. Um, you know, to have, to choose to be compassionate, to believe that children are created in God's image, not yours. They may not be like you. Mm -hmm. They will become like you whether you're raising them well or not. Now that'll preach. Um, mm -hmm. So to understand that when, when they're not understanding something, please know in the knowing of your knowing, they're not stupid and you're not a bad teacher. Mm. Not everything is easy to learn, right? That's right? The fact that two plus two equals four makes a lot of sense to me now because mm -hmm. I know it now. Mm -hmm. It's hard, let's admit, it's hard for us to go back and look at our children because we love we love math or we're good at writing or whatever so it's not about us it's about them to kids tell me all the time dr kathy i don't understand something they tell me but they think they taught me but dr kathy i know it's different this is their words almost yes. identical dr kathy they tell it me and then they yell at me and i want to ask for help but they think i'm making excuses because they think they taught me and i can't tell them they didn't do a good job because I don't want them to think that I think they're bad parents. So Dr. Kathy, what do I do? Oh, wow. It's so painful, right? Yeah. So when our children are confused, help them be a teacher, be a coach, divide it. Here's a thought about math, okay? So I'm a former athlete and coach. I don't know if any of you are, or think about piano lessons. You were not allowed to go to the second song until you did really well in the first. Mm. When you learn a new piano song, you start with the right hand, and then you add the left when your right hand is done well, mm -hmm. right? I would never, as a basketball coach, allow my girls to dribble and run if they couldn't dribble standing still. Yeah. There's always a sequence. There's training. There's a tricycle. Then there's training wheels. 
then you take them off, then the bike grows, right? And then you don't even have to be outside when they're on their bike. That's right. There's always a progress that's a planned. We have to do that with math, spelling, vocabulary, Spanish, computer, art, music, PE. Okay, you mentioned coaching, and, and I, we may toggle back to the smarts because I think, obviously, there's so much meat in that that I think parents are craving. But you mentioned coaching, and this is one of the roles that you say parents must play. Let's explore this role. What does, what does coaching look like? And then let's talk about the other three roles that parents must play that maybe we don't know about. I appreciate you asking that question. So, you know, when you're a coach, you divide complex tasks down into manageable pieces, like dribbling, running, positioning your feet and your shoulders, shooting the ball, doing a right-handed layup before you learn how to do a left-handed layup if, in fact, you're right-handed. You let your girls learn offense before there's any defense in front of them. Yeah. Then you add the defender, and they have to learn how to shoot over the hands that are in front of you. You know, that's, that's basketball. I could do that with anything. Piano mm -hmm. again, right hand, left hand, then the pedals. So coaching divides a complex task down into minuscule pieces. Every once in a while, Mickey, people will say, Kathy, how do you write a book? Well, guess what? You write a book word by word, sentence by sentence, <laughs> paragraph by paragraph, page by page, that's right? That's right. A book is written like you write an article. It's just a whole lot longer. But your kids want to know. And the other thing that coaches do, if they're good, they reteach without shame and blame. Oh. Right? That's good. Yeah. Right? A good yeah. coach. Reteach. Re a good coach understands this will be complex. This is not easy. Uh -huh. this is, there's a lot of pieces coming together hmm. with a crowd and a timer and a referee and a whistle, and this is complex. So a good coach reteaches without shame or blame and understands hmm. this will be challenging to learn. Okay. Pause for a second. Yeah. That that I, I just want parents, myself included, to be able to pause for a second. Yeah. Because I think at this moment what happens is that the Holy Spirit begins to point out some areas where we have engaged in shame and blame. And maybe we mm. didn't know it. Maybe we're we're trying to get something through to our kid and we thought we were motivating them with things like, I can't believe, but don't you get it? But don't you see, I know you're smarter than this. I know you can. So we think that this falls into the category of cheerleading, but maybe it's bad coaching. That's a great comment. And I want to say, Miki, that parents don't intentionally do that. Right. Very few parents would intentionally shame their children. Yeah. But I agree, you know, I want you to show the evidence to the kid. If you know they can do it, what's the evidence? What did you do yesterday that's similar to today? Show it to them. Yes. So that they go, oh, yeah, you're right, Dad. It is a lot like yesterday, and I did finally figure that out. I know I can do this. Okay, we have got to go to break. When we come back, I want to pick up right here for our listening audience and maybe take some questions from our Homeschooling with Confidence audience. We'll take the break, and we'll be right back. Dr. Kathy Cook, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. You're putting tears of joy on the faces of Bibleist believers in Africa. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and for weeks now you've heard me talk about the severe shortage of Bibles available to Christians in Africa. This is where Christianity is growing in the greatest numbers in the world, and yet most evangelical Christians have no access to the Bible. But you ask, what's it like when a Christian receives a Bible in Africa? Well, hear from this pastor in South Africa. We were in a place called Mpumalanga, 
the lady there, she knelt down and she cried. At the age of 60, she never had a Bible. It is so much fulfilling just to see people rejoicing um, when they receive their Bibles. Pastor Joseph in South Africa said that woman, when she received her Bible, didn't merely say thank you. She wept for joy, and that's what you can do for Bibleist believers in Africa at $5 a Bible. Make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Do you ever feel that even with all your time-saving devices, there's still no time? The truth is, we have the same amount of time as every human who's ever lived, 24 hours every day. It's the same number of hours Jesus had per day. And He had to accomplish the entire plan of redemption in three years. At the end of that time, Jesus prayed to His Father, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Jesus wasn't concerned about what everybody else expected Him to do. He knew He had just enough time to finish what God gave Him to do. And you and I have enough time to do the same thing. Instead of being pushed and pulled to meet everyone else's expectations today, ask God to help you focus on His agenda. He'll give you all the time you need. With Seeking Him, I'm Nancy DeMoss Wagamuth. Back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Dr. Kathy is digging our music oh, as we come back from the break. <laughs> our homeschooling with confidence attendees can see Dr. Kathy cutting the rug. Whoa. Okay. Um, I just <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons. We are broadcasting live from Virginia Beach, Virginia, and we are so happy to be here. We are homeschooling parents. And um, we really believe that that is something that the Lord has called us to do. And we often invite our audience, our listening audience, to explore that and to pray about that and to see if that is something that the Lord has called you to do. I know that one of the attendees of the Homeschooling with Confidence uh, conference said that it was because of COVID that she just finished up her first year homeschooling. And what an incredible success. And she saw a difference. Um, in her kids, even in this one year. And so I just would encourage you to pray about that. But Dr. Kathy, you're just kind of um, reading our mail, okay, letting us know about those things that are coming up due. 
And we were talking about the four roles mm -hmm. that parents play in their kids' lives. And one of the things that I mentioned, and the break grabbed us so you really couldn't unpack it, and I wish that you would, um, this coaching role, um, when parents think that they're coaching, but maybe they're tearing down, or they think that they're cheerleading, but maybe they're tearing down, how can we change the way we communicate to a kid that appears to not understand or not be getting something that we're trying to, and I'm not just thinking like reading, writing, and arithmetic, I'm thinking in life. Right, How do we change right. the way we communicate? You know, if you don't mind, I'm gonna back up. It's yes. a great question. So before coaching, we teach. You teach, which is not telling. Teaching is explaining, defining, um, demonstrating, modeling, um, helping. So when you teach, you know, think about when someone taught you how to drive. They were right there with you and explaining and defining and correcting and affirming and all that. So we got to teach. Now we have something to coach, mm -hmm. which again, we break it down into minuscule pieces. We um, make sure that we don't add the shame and the blame. And then we have mm -hmm. the cheerleader. And this is what you're talking about. The cheerleader um, has to be willing to change the cheer. Now, all good cheerleaders are there for the whole game and they're smiling the whole time and they're <laughs> yeah. building pyramids and they're so cute. And if, But if your team is down by 30 points in the fourth quarter, you better not be cheering V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Come on. You're going to look like an idiot who right. hasn't been paying <laughs> right. attention and it's not going to help anybody. Yeah. You have to change the cheer. Mm. I want parents to absolutely be cheerleaders after they've taught and coached. Because think about it, a great group of athletes will not do well with just a cheerleader. Mm -hmm. There has to be teaching and coaching, and then there has to be their cheerleader part. And cheering can have an aspect of teaching. It, in fact, I don't know about you, but I would rather be taught than cheered for. A little bit of mm. cheering goes a long way with me. That's good. Because of the kind of style that I am. Mm -hmm. So teach me, but change the cheer. So if your child is struggling, remember, I'm not a bad teacher. She's not stupid. There's a disconnect. How can I communicate truth differently yeah. to a different style, right? A different smart, a different way, a purple pen instead of a boring pencil. Sometimes it's not a big deal. You change the cheer. If you're going to say, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. I know you can do it. Why? Mm -hmm. The right cheerleader, if you will, the right coach is going to say, here's the evidence, I think, which is really important. All right. Mm -hmm. And then if I could quickly go to the referee. Yes. The fourth role. So all of us and you learn as an experienced parent and homeschool educator and Sunday school teacher, if you will, to figure out, OK, Jonathan needs me to be a referee now and Samantha needs me to be a coach. And what, so the referee, could I just say boldly talking about culture or yes. talking about whatever? Yes. We got to blow the whistle and call sin sin. Come on, Dr. And we got to call a foul a foul. That's right. You know, when you're playing football, basketball, soccer, whatever, you don't say, oh, that was a little bit bad. Mm -hmm. No, you call it out. That's right. You're over the line. You ran into them. You know, right. they've got to call sin sin. Mm -hmm. yeah. You have evidence of wrongdoing. Call it out and teach, coach, and cheer so that after they're called out, they know how to, if you will, come back to right standing. Mm. Right? And so Amen. don't be afraid of the whistle. Don't be afraid of, you know, Brian, I'm beyond disappointed in your choice. By the way, choice is your power word. All behavior starts with choice. All good behavior, all negative behavior starts with choice. So you're not a bad kid. You chose badly. Mm -hmm. You made a mistake. You're not a mistake. Separate it out. You chose 
to roll your eyes at me. You chose to yell back. No, I didn't mean, no, you chose. You don't just roll your eyes. I mean, right now, try to roll your eyes. So good. You can't roll your eyes unless you decide <laughs> to roll right. your eyes. Right. So all behavior starts with choice. And so when you referee, you don't want them to walk away wounded. You want mm. them to walk away with hope that they don't have to continue down that slippery slide. And whether it's culture, whether it's spelling, whether it's behavior at home, whether it's chores, call sin, sin, and then teach, yeah. coach, cheer them back. Wow. You know, I think what is amazing about what you're saying, let, let's stay on the referee um, yeah. role here for just a second, because I think that when you have a referee, you expect that that referee is not going to show partiality. So Whoa. you expect that the referee <laughs> is just going to call it as it's supposed to be done. And I think sometimes as parents, we are maybe partial to us. So we are expecting the kid to live up to our set expectations. And so then we're calling the game in our favor. And then we're not really being fair or biblical to our children. Okay, who's in the refrigerator now? Well, I don't know. I just, look, I'm getting the mayo out, Dr. Kathy. I'm throwing it away after today. Yeah, okay? yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's a great point. It can't be about us. You know, we have to make sure we've had self-care and that we're in the word and that we're prayed for. Yes. That our relationships are healthy so that when we have a bad day, we're not bad. Yeah. And when we have a bad moment, we turn around and have a better moment following it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it can't be that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, and, and, and just to, to, to go a step further, when we are disciplining our kids, right, and when we're talking to them, what you communicated there, even in your examples, demonstrates self-control. <laughs> to be able to say to a kid, you made a bad choice, you are not a bad person. Mm -hmm. I think in order for us to be able to communicate that as parents, we have got to correct for the glory of God. And it's difficult to do that when you feel personally offended by the choice yeah. that your kid and has made. And we have to think about God correcting us. And how he corrects us. And how. Us. Come on. It has to, it's the same. It's so it good. should be the same, you know, out of compassion, out of love. And if we can take that cue, then it will help us in our discipline and our correction of our children. Absolutely. You know what, Will, thank you for saying that because if, and I'd love to share with you something about correcting here in a second. Yes. If we, if our children cannot receive correction from us, they may never receive it from God. Mm. And that's mm. especially important for the men. Mm. Now I'm, you know, I'm a huge believer in the biblical understanding of authority and Amen. submission and, and structure. And I'm not saying women are weak and, and can't have a role here, but whoa, for the man to step yeah. it up and support yeah. the wife. And for the, could I just boldly say for the wife to stop saying, Ooh, I hope this is okay to say, please just do it. I, <laughs> I don't want the women, the moms to always say to their children, wait until your daddy gets home. Oh, mm. come on. Because yes. now they don't want daddy to come home. Come on. And now daddy's the responsible red pen. He's got one in his hand, one around his neck and one behind his ear for good measure. No, if you can deal with your child's misbehavior and unfortunate choices, please do that. Mm -hmm. And then involve the husband, dad later and make sure he's up to speed with what's going on. And he will want to have a talk with your son and daughter. But we do a terrible disservice to the role of the dad. Mm -hmm. I, I really do believe that for the dad to correct correctly mm -hmm. is beyond important because of the child being able to receive the word yeah. from God, if yeah. you will. It's a great point. Can I talk about correction yes. additionally? Yeah. So back to this referee, you know, call sin, sin. 
what a child needs to understand in the moment is how to change. So that's again where teaching, instruction, coaching, and, and tutoring comes in. But if you've never seen the definition of correct, this blew me away when I saw this. I'm, I'm really, in, I do enjoy words, I'll admit that. <laughs> the definition of correct is to put it right. The definition of criticize is to point it out. Mm. There is no such thing as constructive criticism. To criticize is simply to point, to point it, out. it out. I don't want any more of that attitude. You call that finished? Is that your answer? What's with the look on your face? Those are all criticisms by definition. I'm simply pointing out I am displeased. Right. It doesn't give the child any hope that they can move beyond that. And they're like wet cement. We make impressions on them with what we say, what we don't say, what we do, what we don't do, they walk away again wounded and, and there's a brokenness there. Correct is to put it right. So we, to correct, I, I, we, I don't like a lot of formulas. I think they get old and tired and um, boring, but I do like this for some reasons. You are being disorganized. And I love being because it's not a permanent decision, right? You're, you're not, you are not disorganized. You are oh. being disorganized. Mm, that's so good. good. Do you see the difference? Yeah. yeah. You, are, you don't say to a child, you're disrespectful. No, you're being disrespectful because mm. every behavior starts with choice. That's not who you are. Mm. All right? So you're being disrespectful. I know because. To give them, give them the evidence because evidence doesn't lie. You know, you're being disorganized. No, I'm not. Don't even breathe there, right? Because how many of us, we don't like to hear it. So somebody says to me, you know, Kathy, this is ineffective. No, it's not. I mean, oh, right, right, right. we don't want to hear that. So don't even breathe. You know, you're being disorganized. I know because when it's time for math, it takes you far too long to get everything that you need. And I'm mm. not happy because your brother gets anxious. I get frustrated. We start math every day angry. Mm -hmm. Therefore, see, because all that is is a criticism, right? Pointing it out. You're disorganized. You're being disorganized. All I've done is point it out. That doesn't help. The, the power is the therefore. And, and it's not therefore you will change. Right. No. Like, okay, 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 okay. You know, you know I, I give. No. Therefore, what do you think would help? In fact, if your kids are old enough, you know, we're tired of the disorganization because it takes too long. We get angry. Your brother has to wait. He gets nervous. What do you think might help you? Put it on the kid and see if the child could possibly express an idea. And it might be, well, if you were on time, Whoa, because sometimes <laughs> it is back on us. But here's what I, what I would typically say would be, you know, let's find a shoebox that you can put all of your math supplies in mm -hmm. so that when it's time for math and we transition from reading or science or, you know, milk break, it's not so frustrating for you. And maybe after a while we won't have to use it, but it doesn't matter if you use it for quite a long time. If it helps you, mm -hmm. then it's a great system. It's not a crutch. It's a system. We all have systems. Mm. This is good. I hope so. You're not, what you're not saying is, okay, there has to be discipline. I'm asking the kid, how do you think I should discipline you? This is, we need a solution to this problem that is ongoing. What do you think might be a solution so that we don't have to have this happen daily? That's great. And I, there's a huge difference there. I appreciate that you caught that. Your word is to be solution focused and not problem oriented is, is huge. In our own life, mm -hmm. God would want that for us, right? End of the day, my head's on the pillow. Women tend to rehearse the junk of the day. Yes. Like, that's helpful. <laughs> it's so true, though. <laughs> it is. I don't know about guys, but women tell me that all the time. So instead of that, you know, what would be, what's the therefore? What can I do differently tomorrow? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this, though, because you, 
with this style of parenting, right, which sounds really, really productive, does this open the door for greater communication with our kids? How do we get our kids? Our kids are under a tremendous amount of pressure and stress. It's way different than when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. It's different points of contact that they're battling all the time. Would you see this type of parenting as opening the door for greater communication and connecting with our children? Absolutely, because it's based on security. Because we present ourselves as teachers, we present ourselves as correctors, not criticizers. Mm -hmm. We present ourselves as helpful coaches, helpful cheerleaders. And, and I know you. I'm, I look, at, look at my cheer. My cheer is appropriate for you, Lisa. You can trust me. Mm -hmm. And security is the firm foundation of everything. Our relationship with the God of the Bible, our relationship in a marriage, myself with my brother, whatever, and certainly between a parent and a child. So when we communicate to be helpful, it can change everything. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be afraid of us walking toward them when they're finished emptying the dishwasher or they're finished with, you know, a science report. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, so I heard a kid just when he or she were asked the question, how do you think we might remedy this? What do you think we might do? I heard a kid say, I don't know. <laughs> and so I would like to hear what you as the parent would say back to that. <laughs> is that in a chore or an academic setting or? This is that you don't often have your math work together. Okay. Back to your scenario okay. here. Okay. And so we don't get started. So it's causing oh, okay. frustration. Okay. So you're being disorganized here. What do you think we might do okay. to be able to start the day off? I don't know. Okay, that's, I see. Now the context of the shoebox. Yeah, so I'm pointing out that you've been disorganized. I'm not happy. So what could we do? If, a, if they really may not know. So the first thing I want us to say yeah. is that they may not be, they really may not understand it's even a problem. Okay. They may not know why we're frustrated because we're not, we're not terribly successful at clear communication sometimes. Mm -hmm. We're very general. I'm unhappy. That was bad. Good job. Mm -hmm. Good job doesn't help anything. What, why were they good? That's a whole other speech. But the, just like the correction needs to be specific, so does the compliment. But so I might, I might first of all say, well, okay, then I like verbal multiple choice. Okay. Okay. So I might say, well, do you think it would help if I, if I warned you 10 minutes in advance that we're about to start math so that you can start thinking through or do you think that a little box to put your ruler and compass and the special erasers, the colored pencils we sometimes use in geometry, would, would that help you? Or would you have a second, idea, a third idea? Mm -hmm. And so I like verbal multiple choice. And you know this because your parents have a bunch of kids. Watch their eyes, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> yes. Because as soon as you hit on something that might be true, they look at you or there's what I yes. call yep. the eyebrow lift. That's yeah. right. That's right. right. Right? That's exactly right. And oh. then, Miki, what's really cool is if let's say that your child reacts well to the box idea. Now you say, I'm proud of you for thinking of your own solution. Because mm -hmm. it's not about us. Let's affirm that your child showed maturity and initiative and let him be the victor there and let him go find the box. Man, I can hear the music, which is telling me that we're about to go to break. Yeah. And... I, I really am not happy about that. I just, if I can express my feelings, I'm not happy because man, the music is, is playing. Stuff, and I would like to stay oh. here talking about this because I'm going to tell you when we get back on the other side of this break, what I would like to know is how much can parents trust what they believe they know about their kid, meaning their personality. Because there are times that we parent from a place of, I know what you're thinking. I know where you're going with this. Maybe sometimes we don't know. And, and how can we trust what we think we know? Is it ever safe to do that? I'd really like to unpack that when we get back. I think that might be helpful um, for our listeners and our conference 
uh, participants. We're going to grab the break here. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio live from Virginia Beach, Virginia with Dr. Kathy Cook. Stay right there. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Here's another of our core values. AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. Thank you for standing with AFA, and we thank you for your support. I pray for our all of our United States law enforcement. I love you all. Law enforcement, hang in there. We have your back. These police give their lives literally to protect. We just want to let them guys know that we're praying for them. I support the sheriff's deputies, the police officers. Thank you very much. And God bless you. Pray for law enforcement with American Family Radio. Every day they get up, put on their uniforms, and walk out their doors in order to keep our families safe. They never know what they'll face, but they face it anyway with bravery and determination. There's been so much hatred toward law enforcement lately that we can't emphasize enough just how important it is for us to lift up our local peace officers, to let them know how much we appreciate them for all they do for our communities. That's why Sunday, June 13th has been set aside as a day of prayer for law enforcement. Please help spread the word to your family, your friends, and especially your pastor. You can get more information and suggestions for ways to encourage them at afa.net. The brave men and women who serve and protect our families deserve our respect and our appreciation. The American Family Association supports law enforcement, and we hope you'll join us in showing your support on Sunday, June 13th. Visit AFA.net. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God in hell, bless obey this gift of love and righteousness. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio, where the Addison's, um, all eight of us, are broadcasting live from Virginia (laughs) Beach, Virginia, at the Homeschooling with Confidence conference. And um, we truly are, man, in the power of the Lord, unstoppable, and what it is that the Lord has called us to do. During the break, we continued um, talking with our conference um, participants. And so... um, 
we had a question that arose and this is a great question and I'm going to restate the question um, so that our listening audience can benefit from the wisdom that's going to come from Dr. Kathy the question we can only hope <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a tough question that I hear a lot well would you restate the question and then go right into the answer Dr. Kathy if I remember correctly yes uh, if I have an older teen who's been disrespectful yep. and I would admit as a parent we're off the right path a little bit yes how do I get them back that's exactly the question I believe um, first of all I'm proud of you for knowing that you're off the path mm. I'm proud of you for knowing that your child has been disrespectful because it's only the specific things that we can repair so too many parents say to me you know my kid is you know bad just use a kind of a general term so I like that you have a specific concern um, we can only change the outside behavior when we change the belief that causes it. Mm. All behavior starts with choice, like I said a minute ago, and all behavior, all choices are rooted in belief systems. So why is your child disrespecting you? Is gaming teaching him his, his own authority? Mm. I'm going to talk about technology tomorrow is um, information, does he believe information's all he needs because information's everywhere. And we're asking him to work harder, persevere, dig deep, and look for wisdom. And he's like, I don't need it, I can Google it. But I can't Google your question, so therefore, I don't wanna do it because I don't wanna work hard, so I'm gonna give up. What's his belief? Um, I was at a convention, a homeschool convention a while back, and there were uh, teenage boys who were disrespecting their dad. They listened to my speech about how to, how to help people change, and they came to me and they said, in front of their parents, they said, Dr. Kathy, we disrespect our dad. We know it. He knows it. We don't like that about ourselves. Can you help wow. us figure it out? Wow. Because wow. you know what, you guys, most kids tell me they don't, they don't like being fill in the blank. They don't like being rude or disrespectful. They, they don't like their pity parties and their whiny fits. They just don't know how to change. Mm. Change isn't easy. Change requires the taking off and the putting on. Ephesians 4, 22 through yes. 24. Amen. Take off your old self, verse 22. Put on your new self, created to be like God, in true righteousness and holiness, which is Ephesians 4, 24. And Ephesians 4, 23 says, renew your mind. Mm -hmm. And that's done in the Holy Acre, transforming always relevant and true word of God. Not a book about the book, frankly, not a radio show Come on, that uses amen. the truth. That's right, the but truth. The, the truth, which is alive and changes because not it doesn't change. We change, therefore it looks like it's changed. Anyway, rambling, because you're asking great <laughs> questions. And I, I have a heart for all parents who struggle with a disrespectful spouse and a disrespectful child. So the belief has to be determined. You put off disrespect, you put on respect. That's really easy. How's that happen? By changing the belief. These boys, twin boys, figured out that the reason they disrespected their dad, ready? Their dad was an only child. And they had concluded that he couldn't possibly understand what it was like to be a twin and share everything. Hmm. So their dad, giving them advice about patience and respect and the way they talked among themselves, was like, they fell on deaf ears because, no, dad, you can't possibly understand me. You never shared a bedroom. You didn't get called your brother's name, you know, yada, yada. <laughs> and they had a wonderful conversation. I was so proud of them because the mom admitted, hey, you know, this makes sense, but you know, you know I've got siblings, so I understand your dilemma, so I'm gonna help your dad and we're gonna communicate differently. So I, I believe that there's a reason for every Behavior. Now there's blind spots. I don't even know my own reasons, which is why the word is the word the mind is renewed in the word of God. It's when you open to Proverbs, now it says put on God. So 
did God ever display that attribute? What would be the opposite attribute that he did display? What are the beliefs that he holds about people that caused him to never disrespect, right? We could go on and on here. But the, the answer I would say is to seek the Lord for the reason your child is disrespectful. Seek the Lord for the reason you have allowed them to get off the path. Why did it go slippery south? What was mm. the first and second and third thing? Apologize to your children for the role you might have played if you played one. Ask to be forgiven. In fact, you believe you've sinned against them. And seek the Lord for getting right back on the track. And expect to have that happen. Many children don't know why they do what they do. Get out a piece of paper, use a whiteboard or chart paper in their favorite marker color, and begin to generate all the possibilities. I've done it with families, I've done it with kids. You can't hire me, by the way, I'm not saying that. <laughs> but um, it's, it's an amazing thing to begin to get the flow happening as a family. Because you know, if your family has sibling rivalry, your family has disrespect in general, do it as a family. Because chances are it's not just the one teenage boy that might be disrespectful. It might be, a, I don't say this to be heavy, but it might be a pattern that has set into the whole family because mm -hmm. that happens. Yeah. And, and let me say, you guys, you know, Satan, Satan's real. The devil's yep. real. He, he's not the victor, but he's real. He's still active today. And he doesn't care about weakness. He cares about strength. He will not attack your child or you where you're weak. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't care about that. So, for instance, word smart people who, who speak and edify and encourage, he will cause us to gossip, tease, lie, exaggerate mm. because Satan doesn't want that, that strength to be in the kingdom's good work, right? Oh, that's a so, great point. I mean, yeah. I, I think that there's truth there. So the reason I'm bringing that up is that when we are attacked through disrespect and through dishonor and through a lack of submission, whatever, when there's an attack, I mean, on one hand, well, praise the Lord, we've been chosen because God cares and Satan cares. And, and we're going to believe that in God's strength that we can overcome this. Does that make sense? It makes oh, absolute sense. Yeah. And so I'm thinking about like for the parent who has the kid that is bold, right? Well, mm. we understand that that boldness submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ becomes invaluable to the kingdom. That's yes. Right. But the enemy understands that as well. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and right now it looks like they argue and they complain the and they tell you what to do and it's yeah. rebellion. Right. Yeah. And, right. and so it's so important. This might be a great way for us to kind of segue into teaching those character qualities that maybe are important for parents to teach. Oh, man. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, I appreciate what you just said. You know, tomorrow I'm speaking about technology. I just want to say this real quick. And it's, again, it's not about me speaking tomorrow, but check out your schedule, those of you that are here at the homeschool event. And to the rest of you, I've written a book about technology. Disrespect is rooted in, unfortunately, uh, the technology use, just, a lot of, just like a lot of the other negative qualities. Tell mm. our listeners the name of your book and where they can get it, Dr. Oh, Kathy, thank you. please. The, the book is called Screens and Teens, Connecting with Our Kids in a Wireless World. And you can get it at um, CelebrateKids.com, mm -hmm. along with other places, of course. But our website is CelebrateKids.com. And the book is not about technology. The book is about the lies we believe because we use technology. Like, I deserve to be happy all the time. I'm the center of my own world. I must have choice. I am my own authority. And information's all I need, so I don't need teachers. Hmm. <laughs> if I'm using technology, and I'm pro-technology, we're using it today, mm -hmm. it's a good thing, yeah. but it can be used badly. But if I am gaming and all over social media, I believe I can win any game I play. Everything is easy and about me, now and instant. I can Google it, there's a reboot button, and it changes mm. everything. And I love to tell teenagers, you did not come with a reboot button. Come what on. you saw, you saw. What you said, you said. What you did, you did. And you cannot wake up tomorrow 
and change that. Mm. Um, now, God will teach you truth about it and will redeem and forgive and, you know, yada, yada. But makes sense. So, mm -hmm. so important. So one of the reasons we have to teach character qualities is we're raising children today in the midst of technology, which is taking all of us south. Mm -hmm. I will admit I'm more impatient than I used to be. Mm -hmm. I wrote the book. <laughs> but, you know, you can Google it and click the mouse and the GPS and the phone has everything. Yeah. And when I ask an audience, how many of you are more impatient than you know you ought to be? Almost every hand goes up. And then this is what I tell children and teenagers. God will not rewrite the Bible for your generation, nor should he. Come on. Mm -hmm. Patience will always be a fruit of the spirit. Are you going to follow God or follow Twitter? And they clap because you know what? And you know this. Come on. Today's young people want someone to tell them the truth. Yes. They want to believe they're more able mm -hmm. than the culture would say that they are. Mm. And so mm. character qualities, you can't expect them to grow up one day and have them. We have a sin nature, unfortunately. God's choice. I don't get it. But, well, I do get it. But that's a whole other <laughs> speech. But the point is that you can't talk about character without teaching it. So you teach it, you model it, you talk about it, you inspect it, you expect it, and you correct it, and you affirm it, right? Now that was a mouthful. You teach it, you talk about it, mm -hmm. you model it, mm -hmm. you expect it, you inspect it, mm -hmm. you affirm it, or you correct it. Just like you do handwriting. Wow. Just like you do the making of the bed. Why do we say, I expect more from you? I get why we say that. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing we do is we teach children. We don't teach spelling, math, or even scripture. We teach children. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing to teach them is who they are, then to love learning, and to how to be like Jesus, right? So character is huge. The four that we've prioritized at Celebrate Kids, and the, the book I wrote about this, Start With The Heart, is about how to secure their heart through proper teaching, coaching, and, and all of this. And there's a chapter on character there that actually has, I think, 14 qualities that of the list of 100 we've prioritized. First one's humility, because I have to believe I need everything, and I haven't arrived yet, right? Humility. Now, that'll preach, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and then the second one that we've prioritized is self-respect, mm -hmm. because if I respect myself, I want the other qualities. Right? Humility mm. tells me I need them. Self-respect tells me I want them. And then self-control, oh. which allows me to use them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, Respect so for cool. others, which again motivates me to use them. Because we're created and to live in community, mm. and not in isolation, even though a lot of us have been more isolated than ever before. So those four, if I, if I teach children humility, self-respect, you know, who they are. God did not make a mistake. You are who you are supposed to be. Um, self-control, you are capable of more patience than you are displaying. I will help you. I will help you. And then respect for others, all others, which allows me to then be in their presence who I know I'm capable of being. If we just do that. And in a homeschool, I mean, we can do it at homeschooling, right? Yeah. But we can yeah. also do it with vocabulary lessons. We can do it with reading a story in, in a book and saying to the children, which of the children in that story do you think might know Jesus and why? Mm -hmm. And who do you think is most open to receiving Jesus and why? Mm -hmm. And you go to the store and you say to your children, hold my hand. And when you see somebody who's other-centered, squeeze my hand. Don't shout out, she's the one, mom. Yeah. But when we're in the church lobby, squeeze my hand when you notice somebody being kind. Yes, teach that.
Mm. Man, there is so much Man. to mine out of what you have just said. And I know that our listeners are feeling that. I know that our conference participants are feeling that. You know, and I, I just, I was thinking there's so much, um, thinking about incorrecting kids, right? And there, th that's a moment right there that's kind of like, I, I don't know, maybe just kind of dangling in the balance there when you're correcting kids because um, the Lord has trusted you with their little hearts. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Right. And here you are. You feel personally, you know, sinned against, depending on what kind of correction that you're, you're having to meet out there. Mm. But then also you have an opportunity to shape them and to mold them. And I remember we've got a kid who is word smart and, you know, that's a blessing, but it's just as you said, <laughs> a with, curse. with the strength there. And so I didn't know all that you just communicated. So I would simply say to her, I wish I had a Dr. Kathy button that I could press, <laughs> but I would just say, use your powers for good. Yes. Use your powers for good. Yes. You, yeah, the fact that you observed that and, and you're able to, to articulate what you're feeling, even with your siblings, communicating with your siblings, I would say, use your powers for good because you could tear them down or you can build them up. Which one are you gonna choose? And I think that's kind of what you're uh, communicating. No, it's so good. We, we say at Celebrate Kids, use your, be smart with your smarts. Mm. Mm. You know, so your nature smart, be smart with that. Your people smart, be smart with that, absolutely. And again, if people buy the book, Eight Grade Smarts, they'll see all kinds of information in there about that. But yeah, you know, kids, kids have strengths. God promises us from Ephesians 2.10 and other verses that they're gifted in advance to do good work. And again, they need to discover that. I tell parents, parent long and be strong and help your kids find out why they are the who they are. When I was a child, I was simply a chatty Cathy. Now I'm an author and a public speaker and using my words, I, I hope to heal and help. Absolutely. And that's the, to give children that vision that someday this will be a good thing about you. <laughs> right yeah. now, you're driving me nuts. Yeah. Like, I, I know, at least I think I know, that you were not homeschooled. That's correct, I was not. Okay, so why are you such an advocate for homeschooling? So many reasons. Passing on the values to the children because the values in the other system are not what a lot of us would want for our family. Uh, sibling relationships are much stronger and the family unit was ordained by God before the church. Siblings matter. The application of truth is huge. It's much easier to get kids to apply truth at homeschooling individualizing content, also weaving content together. In the other school, it's science, math, history, never the twain shall meet. But you teach English at 10 in the morning, if you will teach children English, you can use it at 11 in science. Mm. So many reasons, those are some of them. That's really good. I just want to say to our listeners, You're a gem. Um, you Thank are you. a gem. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. It's fun. Um, so I just want to say to our listeners that the conference is still going on. Um, you can go to homeschoolingwithconfidence.org if you want to register. It is a free event, so you can participate in this. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to be talking with uh, Jenny Urich, who is uh, has an amazing ministry or organization, 1,000 Hours Outside. Outside. Our kids, when they see her, keep saying, oh, 1,000 Hours. There she is, 1,000 Hours. All right, we got to go. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.